Hey everyone, hope you're having another great week. It's been a little crazy for me. I spent the last couple of days traveling across the country, meeting people, ending up at different conferences. I'll share about it a little bit more in my newsletter. Definitely check that out. But it's been fun meeting amazing people like you, doing things like taking time out of their day to try to create, learn, grow, build their ideal lives, and it's been so inspirational. Look out for meetups in your area soon. But for today, you're going to hear an interview between myself and my great friend, Dr. Sunny Smith. She's a physician coach that runs the group Empowering Women Physicians. You're going to learn more about her and how she built this amazing business trying to impact the lives of our community, us physicians, to help us live better lives, figure out what we want, why we want it, and how to make it happen. So stick around and enjoy. Welcome to the Passive Income MD Podcast, where we talk about creating your ideal life through multiple streams of income. If you enjoy hearing about this stuff, make sure to hit subscribe. Now let's get on with the show. Sunny, how you doing? Hi, Peter. So good to see you. Always so good to talk to you. Yeah, I love talking to you because your journey, first of all, is ever evolving, I'd like to say, but it's also the beginning of it. I still can't get enough about how you came to be, you know, who you are today. Uh, but I first want to start with people. Maybe I didn't do it justice. What is Empowering Women Physicians? Just tell us exactly what is that group? That is a great question. So um, we can be known at, for our Facebook group. So we have a Facebook group that anybody, any woman physician can join. And we also have a podcast, retreats, a coaching program, et cetera. All of our programming is regarding, we say, stop sacrificing yourself for others and finally enjoying this life you worked so hard to create. And so that looks different for everyone. And what we really want to do is to help people to know that they have autonomy and agency and self-efficacy and they are not stuck and they have so many options because we are sort of indoctrinated in this medical culture that is very linear and um, leads us to kind of develop a learned helplessness. Like you can want something, but the system won't change. And so you just have to show up and keep doing the same thing until you're 65, see more patients, da, da, da. And we're like, hey, wait, you really have a lot more choice than you realize. And so when you realize that you had choice, that alone decreases your suffering. Because you're like, okay, I'm choosing this life. I can choose something else anytime I choose. Even though I don't know what it is right now, like a lot of people watching this probably are like, I don't know, it's overwhelming, there's so many things. But it, even if you just realize you have a choice and you can make a different choice either tomorrow or next day, next week, next year, or even start toying and experimenting with what you want in your life, then I think it opens a lot of doors. So we pursue for physician wellness through that lens. Mm. I mean, I know you had this really successful academic career. That was probably the path that you were on. When did all of that change for you? And when did your mindset shift when it came to all of this stuff? Um, I think you know well, of course, my stories generally um, that... I mean, I, it's always a question like, where do we start? How, how far back do we go, right? Because medicine literally almost killed me. <laughs> like, I know people say that figuratively or they mean it in a mental health way. But in my internship, I really um, did just start developing. I was a very healthy 20-something and developed neurologic symptoms, focal neurologic symptoms that we didn't know what they were. And the only way we found out what they were was that I developed status epilepticus and I was comatose intubated in the ICU for a week. Um, didn't know my family didn't know if I'd ever wake up or if I'd be okay, if I had brain damage. And so 
everybody can find that streaming on Amazon right now, actually. <laughs> the movie called Do No Harm, I'm featured in that because that's a movie about physician distress and physician suicide. And there's many opinions about that movie. Um, but the point is that medicine really is a culture that pushes you to the limit of the human function, right? Like beyond how long you're supposed to stay awake, you can't eat or sleep when you want, you can't go to the bathroom when you want, the nurses all get to go, the RTs all get breaks, like we just don't, we're just supposed to go harder and harder than there's resident work hour restrictions. If you're attending, there are no work hour restrictions, right? And even if you're in a clinic and don't work 36 hour shifts, it's still the way that we are expected to function and not acknowledging our own humanity and our health. So how did I get involved with it? It's like, I kind of just through my own personal journey had become an inadvertent spokesperson for medical training really can kill you or almost kill you. And mine is very visible because for most people, it's a distress that you can't see. But like there's pictures and video because I happened to be at UCLA. And so there was a film crew there. They were filming us for a whole year in a documentary series called The Residence. And so that ended up on international television at that time. So I've been in the physician wellness space ever since then. I was an educator, as you said, I was, you know, as an academic director responsible for personal and professional well-being of our medical students. And yet, so I would be concerned about their well-being and meeting with them about their well-being while overworking myself into the ground like all of us do, right? Like so many of us do. And particularly academics, there's really like a grind culture and an overworking culture because you have to do all these things in addition to clinical medicine. So um, when it really came to a head, so I'm, I was doing this work for decades, right? In a different way from the inside of the university. And then um, because I was doing so much work, right? You know, I, they gave me an accelerated promotion, six years work in three years time that was lauded. And, you know, as a director of many things. And then I got in this bike accident is sort of what happened that really brought me to a screeching hall that was in Tahiti broke my arms, broke my face, couldn't do anything, couldn't care for myself at all, and had to take a forced break. And so during that time is when I discovered um, a coaching podcast that people had recommended to me because I couldn't watch TV because I had an injury. I couldn't um, read books because, again, I couldn't use my arms at all, and uh, and I couldn't concentrate that much. So these podcasts, my, my husband would put these little things in my ears. And I would just listen and I learned that, you know, when I couldn't control my circumstances, I could really control my narrative around it, what I thought about it, what I made it mean. And so that pause was really life-changing for me. And everything that I thought that I couldn't do or, or that I had to do, I realized someone else would do those things, right? Like, even if it was my own child dropping them off at school, if it was like grading the students, if it was writing the letters of rec, if it was any of the things, recruiting the next dean, all those things got filled. And so when I went back, you know, I thought the accident was the worst thing that happened to me. And I was really upset that I got on that bike because I'm not very athletic. <laughs> it was Mother's Day. I wanted to be in an overwater bungalow. But um, anyway, so I would say when I started reframing it, I was like, mm -hmm. instead of why to get on that bike, arguing with reality, the reality that was there, it's a waste of time to argue with reality. So that I learned you know, I'm like, this could be happening for me. And when I go back to work, I can choose what to put back on my plate. And so if every physician watching this could imagine everything was wiped from their plate because everything was for me, literally everything was taken over by someone else because I couldn't function. And then it's like, okay, what would you put back? If you had a completely blank slate, knowing who you are now, right? With this as your foundation and Peter, you're a good friend of mine. 
I actually asked you this question yesterday, right? It's not like this only this only comes up when you're in academics or when you're a clinician or when you're whatever. I'm like, if you really had a blank slate and you knew everything you knew now, what would you put back in your life? So we literally had that conversation 24 hours ago. And I'm continually re-asking myself this question, which you know, I'm doing that right now in my own business. And at that time, I did it for the first time in academics. What would I put back on my plate? So anyway, I, then I just became more intentional about what I allowed in my own life. And then it was so effective for me that I decided that I wanted to help others because I saw all of my close friends and colleagues running around like chickens with their head cut off, basically sort of, right? It's like busy, 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 busy. And I was so still. I'm like, it doesn't have to be this way. You do not have to choose this. You do not have to comply. You do not have to be complicit in what they're asking you to do. Just because you're asked doesn't mean you have to do it. Just because you can doesn't mean you have to, right? And it's the same for your career and the same for so many of our careers. Just because we can or we have all these talents and all these skill sets doesn't mean we have to say yes to all of them. It's sort of like this, especially for women, there's like this service and um, you know people pleasing and just wanting to say yes. It's easier to say yes than say no in the moment but in the long run, it's really not. And so the question started becoming, and for me, it was like, so which directorship? I had seven directorships at that time. It was like medical clinic director, community director, compassion director, uh, clerkship director, whatever, all the things. I'm like, which ones am I going to start letting go of? And which ones do I want to keep and why? You know, what is most meaningful to me and why? So anyway, that was my journey. And, and I'm, as I said, I'm still continually, including today, looking at what continues to be most meaningful to me what do I want more of and what do I want less of? And I think for most clinicians, physicians of any kind or human beings of any kind, I think that's a really useful question. Like if you really only had this year to live, for example, mm. what would you be doing with your time, right? And if you're not doing those things right now, the question is why? And if you don't want to make that big giant change, you know, how could you get a little closer to it sooner than later? Hey everyone, wanted to pop in here real quick to let you know that the annual Leverage and Growth Summit, I think it's our fifth one this year, it's happening on February 26th through March 1st, 2024. This is a virtual summit, it's for physicians. It is definitely one of my favorite events of the year and the reason I love it is that it's all about stories. It's about stories of physicians doing some really amazing things outside of medicine, leveraging their medical degrees, and all of that ambition and skills that they've grown and cultivated throughout their medical training, and then using it for some other venture. These are doctors that are creating their ideal lives, that are living life by design. We've had tens of thousands of physicians who have participated in this in the past, and it's such a cool experience. I know you're gonna have a great time, so mark out that time, put it in your calendars, look out for it, and the best part is that it's completely free. It's a free summit. So plan to join us on February 26th through March 1st. Look out for that and see you there. One of the other things you did say is that you the thing you did decide to add on is helping other people, helping other physicians in this space. Like, how did you know what that meant to you and and how are you uh, how did you figure out what like uh what that looked like in terms of either a business a practice and, and yeah just in terms of how you figure it out yeah that's a really good question so the podcast that i was listening to i listened to hundreds of episodes i listened to every single episode over the period of months because i would just lay there you know not able to stand up or go anywhere build my own and then um, once i got to the current day that then was this training program made available i was like oh maybe I should 
I'm so threatening. And that's the only person I know in the whole world who was a physician who was a coach at that time. It was 2017 when my accident happened. So it's been six years now. It's hard to believe. Um, was Katrina Newbell, who is also speaking in this uh, summit. And so Katrina Newbell, she knows this very well. But I literally, I found out she existed. And I told my husband, who you also know as well, I was like, listen, there's one pediatrician doing this. And she's not crazy. So I'm not crazy either. And so that's an important example of what is possible, right? If you see one person that you resonate with, you're like, this is possible. And that can be extrapolated into people's clinical lives and all these other things. Like if you go part-time, someone else thinks they can go part-time, right? It's like, you have to see it to believe it's possible. So um, I just, you know, went to some kind of webinar that was like, hey, we could train you to do this, put a thousand dollar deposit. And I was like, well... I really should talk to my husband about this, but it's only about the dollars with a deposit. So I did. And then I went and I trained in person and then I did virtual training and I started offering this service to people for free to see if it really was as impactful for other people as it was for me. I started telling worth all my friends and encouraging them to listen, encouraging them to do the practices. I even encouraged my family. My family didn't really adapt it, but my friends, some of them were very interested. And um, I... I specifically went to talk to and help strangers so that they wouldn't be biased, right? That they um, were just trying to be nice to me or like, you know, being good clients and say that it helped when really it wasn't that helpful. So I helped people from all walks of life, from all specialties with all problems for a series of months. And I was so confident in the tools that I was using because people came to me with hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt trying to decide what to do or with significant health issues and surgeries trying to decide what to do and just all and like loneliness trying to decide what to do so all kinds of things so I was like this really and I was doing it one-on-one and I was like this really does work and so um during that time as you know I had decided because you can coaching teaches you you can create anything you want right any result that you want so the results I wanted to create in my life were um, to create a beautiful retreat for people, for women physicians in Bora Bora. You know, I got my accident in French Tahiti. So like to go back triumphantly and be like, look, I learned because of this accident, how to pair back and make my life what I wanted it to be. And I want to show other people to do that too. So I, I do that. And I just did that last week, as you know, <laughs> again, but that was one of my first offerings as well as one-on-one virtual coaching. And so I started by just, you know, growing my confidence that it really, really worked in service. Like I was helping people earn no dollars. And that's how most businesses start is you have to invest, right? You get a skill set, you practice your skill set, you gain your confidence. And then I um, started running ads and started a podcast and strangers would uh, reach out to me and they, they saw themselves in me, right? And they believed I could help them, whether it's because I was an academics or because I was a mom or because, right, all the things that they were dealing with at the position that were stressors for them. Um, and they knew I got them. And really, I mean, it was like every single time, every single time it works. And so I did one-on-one until while I was a full-time physician and on nights and weekends until, you know, I, there was no more space. And then I switched, I did that for one year and then I switched over to groups. Um, and so I've been doing groups for years now. I have never found a person that this doesn't work for. Then the evidence started coming out, randomized controlled trials, that this really does work. And so I felt very validated, you know, by the leaders in the physician coaching, I'm sorry, physician wellness space, um, you know, Tate Shanafel, Becky Charcoal, Lottie Derby, the people who really are the leading edge of insisting the culture must change, the systems must change, and individuals also 
must take control mm -hmm. because we can't wait for the system to change. We have to do both and. And so I felt very validated when the studies came out in JAMA and then they've continued with there's more randomized controlled trials in JAMA. There's more pre-post studies. Something just came out yesterday in Journal of General Internal Medicine with coaching as a part of other things that people are doing for wellness. And, you know, our, it's, you know, Peter, our coaching program is the most effective physician wellness intervention that's ever been docu documented in terms of effectiveness, right? The amount of change, we have very large effect sizes in compassion, in decreased burnout, in um, increased professional fulfillment. So it's like, really, all you have to do is teach a physician they have choice and be like, what do you want to drop? And what do you want to put more of? And then have them keep going through their life over and over like that. And we have a lot of tools that, of course, mm -hmm. we use and methods that we use. But it's building a community and seeing other people just like you doing things differently and not dying. <laughs> right? They they still are employed and or they make their own business. But, like, they still earn money. They still have a roof over their head. You know, bad things don't happen because we, when we're left to our own devices... We think that if we step out, we're going to fail. Like we all, we think we're one trick ponies, right? We're, we see patients clinically in person. And I think with the great resignation going into medicine, it's just everything I think is going to be completely disrupted in the physician world. The way that they asked us to work in the past is no longer going to work. You likely know over a hundred thousand physicians have already left medicine last year, 117,000 out of the million in the US. It's like, it's just, it's not sustainable. It's not going. So I think employers are going to have to respond to the demand of physicians, which is I'm not going to do it the way that we've always done it. It's just the quality of life is too low. 63% of physicians are burnt out. It's, it's not sustainable. So anyway, that is where I am with our coaching business. I'm completely honored and floored and humbled to share these very sacred spaces, psychologically safe spaces where we do one-on-one -on -one and group coaching and, you know, become one of the leaders in the space. And our company, my company is now, um, you know, in the top 1% of female owned companies in the U S I mean, it's crazy. I literally went, you know, from free clinic <laughs> to Forbes and to entrepreneur magazine. And it's funny because people say like, how can you do that? you know, underserved medicine and free clinics, and then now I'll be running a multi-million dollar company. And I'm like, it's the skill sets are very similar. I think that physicians mm -hmm. need to understand, right? We have skills. We are smart. We are adaptable. We can do anything in any emergency. We don't need a protocol like an NP, right? Because entrepreneurship, there's no protocol. You have to be willing to like go out on your own and figure out how to do it. And so I think my ability and history of thinking outside the box creating a clinic in the basement of a church and just making it work year after year. How do you do hazardous waste permits? I don't know. How do you, you know, get insulin for people with diabetes with, that have that are uninsured or undocumented? I don't know, but I'll figure it out. And so I think that skill set has translated really well into entrepreneurship. And um, so I think if people are going to go into entrepreneurship, because that's probably why they're watching this summit, is to think about different options is to we have to like leave the perfectionism of medicine behind and just do the like iterative change scientific method test and get feedback have a hypothesis you know see what happens get some data go back better informed try over and over again hmm. 
And what, what do you think is really set? I mean, now that you've talked to enough people about this, what do you think really sets apart the doctor who, you know, is successful at making it, I'd say in a way, I know you're never making it, it's always a growth in progress, but kind of really finding themselves down the path. And then the one that still ends up staying where they're at, feel like, like what's, what's the actual difference there? Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe some of the big differences. Yeah, I, that's a really good question. I mean, you said that I'm ever evolving, you're ever evolving. I think it's in many, there's many things that we could look at, but one of those things is embracing that ever evolving nature of ourselves. Cause we tend to, as physicians without deliberate practice or intentional thought about this, we tend to think that it's med school, maybe, fel- well, residency, maybe fellowship, and then attending and you're done developing as a human being. Like you're going to have that same attending job for the next 30 years, right? Or more. And that's just not true. I mean, look at it's decades of your life and think of us in our twenties versus our thirties versus our forties versus our fifties to understand that a physician in a career in their thirties may want something very different than in their forties or their fifties when they perhaps have young children versus, you know, like, I think a lot of people are coming to me at this age in their forties, like I am saying like, is this what we worked so hard for? Like we were kind of sold a bill of goods. This is like, where's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow <laughs> and it just keeps moving, you know? So I think that it's, it's being aware that, you know, our red blood cells turn over all the time. Our hair is turning over all the time. Like we are changing. Our brain is changing. What we want is changing. Our human needs are changing. What fulfills us changes over time. And so there is the idea of feeling stuck, which I think is very, very common for a lot of physicians feeling stuck and trapped partially again, either because of debt or because they are used to their income. And so they think there's nothing else they can do that will preserve that income. So they live a life they don't want to live because of the income. They say, well, I don't like my job. I don't like my call. I don't like my partners. I don't like this, but the money, it's always, but the money. Right. And they don't think they can do anything else. So it's that stuck feeling. And I think that people feel stuck when they see their past and they project it into the future. Right. And then, so of course you feel stuck. If the only thing you see in your future is your past, there's, you feel like you have no control. And so there is like to, to create hope psychologically in, you know, PhD literature, you need to have the belief that it's possible, the belief that it's possible for you and pathways thinking like the idea that you are willing to take many different pathways to get there so when a physician doesn't have hope that things could be different for them then i'm actually worried about a mental health issue and if anybody feels that way that's watching this right now we usually recommend you know thq9 is a screening test for depression just like a mammogram is a screening test for um breast cancer like it's recommended by the u.s preventive services task force go to your doctor or take one online like if you don't have hope that things could be different, then you're in trouble. And but usually by the time a physician realizes that they are in distress, it's usually much later than someone else would with a non-physician because we're willing to put up with so much. So as I was saying, it's really like, what are, what are the differences of people who feel stuck versus are willing to go out? It's, um, sometimes it can be just be, it gets so painful that they're like, forget it. I'm just going to have to do something different. Right. But that's usually really, really painful. Um, otherwise most of us are like stuck in this meh. This isn't really the life I would have chosen, but it's what I was, that's what I have. And so it's the agency again, it's the self-efficacy, it's the hope. 
that you can make things different and then be willing to try and experiment and do a bunch of different things and know that it's not all or nothing. It's really, you know, it's both and. You can stay partnership and then different ways. And you can do other things. Like your skill set is so valuable in society. Your brain, your knowledge, your uniqueness as a human being. We can be um, contribute to society in so many different ways. Well, I know that people are going to hear this. They're going to get something from this. I know this is for a message that really, really can, everybody can resonate with. Everyone can take something from. I know that people are going to want to connect with you outside of this some way or find out more about what you're doing. Where's a great place for people to do that? That's a great question. Um, they may, I believe that uh, they will be putting up our website here, which is poweringwomenpositions.com. And we always have some, there we go. Yay, we got it. <laughs> and um, on our website, uh, we always have free resources. So we have like free coaching guides, for instance, that is really it's the same process that I've been walk walking people through for years. The process that, again, is the most effective um, outcomes documented in physicians in pre-post studies of an intervention. And so they can walk themselves through these kinds of things, the types of things I've been talking about here today. We also have references that are available there if people want to take the literature to not well for their own brain and just validate for themselves this isn't an MLM, it's not um, a scam, it's not something that's going to end up on some Amazon special like in some kind of shady way. <laughs> it's, um, it's really an evidence-based intervention. It's a tool amongst many, many tools that we can use for healing and wellness and decreasing suffering. Um, it's not the only tool therapy psychiatry you know medications many other things are available but we have our references there um and then of course they can come to the facebook group which i already talked about but that they can only anyone can have the guide because it's open to, and available to the public um but you have to be a female identifying physician to come into our facebook group so no nps no um uh like mas or respiratory therapists or dentists inside the facebook group that's just the screening criteria. And otherwise, also open to the public is our podcast. So Empowering Women Physicians has a podcast of the same name. And um, we're always, it's not just me. I want to make that clear that, um, you know, since Dr. Sunny Smith, Empowering Women Physicians, I want to make clear that we have many, many coaches. All of our coaches are physicians who are certified um, in the same methods that I use. And they are as beloved and as adored and as effective um as any as myself or any of the other people it's a really a whole community of us um who just want to bring back the humanity and the caring and the healing and the unique special qualities of physicians that we all had that got us into medical school right and then they kind of beat them out of us because we didn't have time for them in medical school and they just went away forever many of us and so we we're trying to recultivate and reconnect with those things that matter most to us. All right, so what's one big tip that we have for people who wanna follow, I guess in your footsteps that may wanna start a business, maybe wanna create some sort of impact outside of you know normal clinical medicine. What's, what's one piece of advice you have for them? Such a good question, Peter. Um, I would say start to th allow yourself to start to think outside the box. Allow yourself to go to this like strange and magical place as if you had a magic wand. Like what would you create? 
and allow yourself to dream. Even if you didn't have to execute it, just play, like go to that sort of more right brain rather than left brain place. Walk in the woods, go to the ocean. What would you do? And allow yourself to dream again without constraints. And then see what's there. See what little kernels and nuggets are there. Like, do you like photography? Do you want to work part-time? Do you want a six-month sabbatical? Like, what are the magical things? Allow yourself to go there. And then just consider taking one little tiny step towards it and also super important and surround yourself with other people mm -hmm. doing the same thing because without a community it's much much harder to do it on your own all right such great advice sunny always love talking to you such wise words i'm sure there's stuff that people can get a ton from hopefully people really enjoy this let us know in the comments below wherever you're watching this sunny appreciate you appreciate all the work that you're doing for physicians out there all the amazing work i've watched all of it along the way and just been really in awe of everything you do. So thanks, Sonny. Uh, really enjoy this talk and let's talk again soon. Thank you, Peter. Thank you so much. Bye. Right. Bye. Enjoy the show. Let me know by dropping a review in the podcast app you're listening to us in. And if you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe. Join thousands of physicians who are also on this journey to creating their ideal lives through multiple streams of income. Learn more at our website, PassiveIncomeMD.com. Thanks again for allowing me to be a part of your journey. See you next time.